If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey man, guess what? Oh, what is it? In this me. episode of the Mind Pump, for the first 40 minutes, we have some fun conversation. We talk about a, uh, a documentary uh, that really blew my mind. Three identical strangers. It's about us. This yeah. one's really good. To, <laughs> is that, wow. You can't tell us apart. You're so right. <laughs> yeah, in the dark. Uh, really good documentary that explores the nature versus nurture argument in a very strange and fascinating way. Go check it out. Spoiler alerts. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> then we talk about the decade that Adam was cool in. The 90s. Whoa, dude. This was a, <laughs> this oh, was yo, a back great. Back then, you were the cat's meow. Yeah. I, well, hey, to your, <laughs> the cat's ass. <laughs> to your cat's to, ass. Now I'm just the cat's ass. To your credit, <laughs> I was never cool in any decade. So <laughs> I'm waiting for the ticket. I'm going to be cool in. There you go. Then we talked about a docu soaps. What are docu soaps? Mm, These you got to uh, find out. Yeah, yeah. find out. You got to listen to that part. Days we, of our lives. Then we talk about sea nomads. There's a, a people that live- This is crazy. And dive in the ocean. And scientists have discovered that their bodies have actually adapted to be uh, more proficient under the water. Fascinating study. Actually, They're like mermen. It's pretty crazy. If you go to our show notes, there's a link to that article. Leave it to our forum to drop some yeah. knowledge. Uh, now, Adam talks about how he's going to be hosting the Mind Pump Thanksgiving dinner for our nice tight uh, staff and select few. On oh, my birthday. And Dicks. how he ordered uh, the Thanksgiving food from ButcherBox. Uh, ButcherBox was running a great promotion. By the way, we have a good hookup for you. If you like high-quality grass-fed meat, and if you combine that with the fact that you don't like driving to the store to get it, you want it delivered That's to your door. Ass, Sal. It's a pain in the ass, It really is. Here's what you do. Go to butcherbox.com forward slash mind pump. And we've got a hookup specifically for our audience. This is what we got you. We got you guys this. We had to negotiate this real hard. Here's what you get. Mm. Free bacon, two free ribeyes, $10 off, and free shipping on your first order. Who's going to say no to that? That's right. Then Nobody. we talk about reversing cavities and tooth decay. That's right. Uh, studies are showing that you may actually be able to heal your cavities. And finally, oh Justin my God. is getting his kids on the Organifi red juice. Apparently, they're not hyper enough. Drunk no. pusher. Yeah. I, want, I want them to get shit done. <laughs> Do your chores. Uh, Organifi, one of our sponsors, they produce organic and effective healthy supplements. If you go to Organifi.com forward slash mind pump and enter the code mind pump, you'll get 20% off. Then we get into the questions. The first question was, what's a good amount of cardio for health? I don't want to affect the muscle building signal. I'm not necessarily trying to burn body fat. I just want to be healthy. What's a good amount of time to do cardio? Then we ask the, answer the question, would bodybuilding style posing be a worthwhile way to increase muscle connection and muscle growth? Is flexing in the mirror good for you or are you, are you just feeding your ego? You're such a poser. You know, is Doug doing it for his health or is he just because he won that contest and now he's got a big head? He's got a big head. <laughs> big yep, head. yep. Yeah. Uh, the next question was, if someone has a bad pelvic tilt, so we actually answer this with anterior and posterior pelvic tilt, so butt sticking out or tailbone tucked. Instagram model, shooting dog. Yeah. How should you squat? That's great, Justin. Jeez, you really Boom. painted that picture. I, hey, that's one or the other. <laughs> how should you pick. fix that and how should you squat? And finally, the last question, what is the endocannabinoid system and why is that important to know? 
I talk about one of our other partners, Ned. They produce full-spectrum hemp oil, which contains natural cannabinoids. So if you listen to that segment of this episode and figure, hey, I want to supplement my body's natural cannabinoids, well, look into full-spectrum hemp oil. Just go to helloned, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash mind pump, and you'll get 15% off your first purchase. Also, I would like to remind everybody that this month, Maps Anywhere is redone and brand new. Ooh, it's so pretty. Shiny new packaging, new models, way better than us, yeah. uh, new blueprints. And to celebrate, we've taken the price and cut it in half. It is 50% off, half off. Here's what you got to do if you want half off Maps Anywhere. Go to mapswhite.com and make sure to use the code white50, that's W-H-I-T-E and the number 50 without a space at checkout. And if you have any questions on our other MAPS programs, we have many other MAPS programs, all designed for different people, different goals, beginners, strength athletes, bodybuilders, just regular athletes, whatever. We have it all. Just go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and you can learn about any of them and decide which one works best for you. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time. Oh, it's my favorite time. We had a few less reviews this week, but we are sending out six shirts. And the winners are from iTunes, EKBrown07, Max555555. You're both winners. From Facebook, we have Andrew DeGood, Ashley Mazzotti, Dakota Vandenberg, and Joshua Rogers. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. To enter into that contest, you just got to leave a five-star review either on iTunes or on the official Mind Pump Facebook page. Your odds of winning are pretty damn good. I watched the fucking coolest, strangest, most fascinating documentary I've seen in a long time. And I know you've seen it, Adam, because you commented on it. Is this on Prime or Netflix? It's on Netflix, I think. Oh, wait. Might be on Prime. You watched it too, Adam, because totally. I saw someone in the forum post it, and you said you saw it. Three identical strangers. Oh, yeah, great one. Is that crazy? Fucking that's weird. A tr- that's a true story. What? Weird. What? Do you want to know what that's about? I mean, three identical strangers. I brought it up on the show a long time ago when it first came out. I just We just kind of like glazed over it, though. But Dude, I, it was fucking fascinating. Yeah, it's one of those ones I don't like to talk about. I tell people just go watch it because it's just we're gonna have like to, triplets or something. We're gonna talk about it on the show because uh, this is a podcast. You're gonna ruin it. Whatever, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I want Justin to watch Spoilers. it. Spoilers. No, yeah. no, no. You should still watch it. But it, so it's fine. It starts off. <laughs> so yeah, but it's better when you don't know what's coming. <laughs> no, no, no. You'll you'll. It, I already guessed what was gonna happen just from the. Yeah, title. but it still gives you like like a holy shit that's crazy bro so this is what's crazy about it so mm. it starts off this kid is in and he's narrating what's happening in his life he's going into a community college he's never been there before yeah as he's walking up and he's kind of this shy dude or whatever as he's walking up people are like hey what's up man what's up brother and he's like hugging man. him high-fiving him he's like man everybody's real friendly here he's like, this, <laughs> is, this is kind of cool you know like all right this is cool and everybody's yeah. like dude Finally, people are coming up to him and saying, you know, hey, what's up, Eddie? Oh, what's up, Eddie? And he's like, he stops. He's like, I'm not. Who's Eddie? Eddie? Yeah, who the fuck are you guys talking about? Goes in his dorm room. The guy who ends up being his roommate is best friends with the dude that everybody thought he was. And he looks at him and he goes, this is, he goes, this is fucking wild. He goes, you're, 
he's like, you have a twin. So they get on the phone. They call this dude. Yeah, they, he's asking him his birthday first. He's like, yeah. he's doing all the basics. Yeah, is like, your birthday this day? What is this? He's like that. He's like, were you adopted? All this yeah. stuff. Finds out he has a twin. They find each other, and it's like, holy shit! I can't believe I had a twin. They were Makes separated at birth. Big news. It goes all over. The, it goes on the country in the newspapers. A fucking kid somewhere else. His buddy sees this, brings it to him, and is like, dude, you got fucking two twin brothers. It was triplets. What? Yes. And they just all got separated. And so they meet each other. And what's crazy about it is all the similarities that yeah, they have. Yeah, that's what's really fascinating to me is like how three people could be separated at birth. And then they show them, they're like on all the, you know, talk shows, talk and, shows and stuff like that. And they're like finishing each other's sentences. It's, it's really weird. rad, right? Yeah. Weird. And they go party together and, and they find out that they all had this like troubled youth and stuff. Mm, they all have the so, same girlfriend. As they start, de- as they start digging deeper, what they start to realize is that the, the, the place that what is it called the orphanage or yeah the, yeah yeah the orphanage separated them when they were six months old so that must have been crazy now separation they, anxiety they did it like as a test right isn't it well that's the crazy that's part. that's the shady part that's what? the twist the twist comes out that this was a study that was a broad study that was done on twins and what they would do is they would purposefully separate twins and put them in different environments to examine the difference between nature and nurture biologic versus how you're raised. So the three brothers were put into three different homes, a wealthy home, a middle-class home, and an immigrant home to see what the difference would be. Yeah. How fucking wild is that? Science has great morals, right? Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Not, that's a that's great- That's crazy. That's exactly what I said as I was watching. I told Jessica, I said, this is exactly why- Dirty. Science, you can't go pure science, why you need some kind of a, a moral code derived from something that you yeah. believe to be higher than science because- from a scientific standpoint, what's the big deal? Triplets probably hard to, to. Oh, from a scientific standpoint, it's a brilliant. Oh. Te- it's a brilliant study. Think you can't about ask the for data. Yeah, you get right. from that. You can't ask for better yeah. controls, right? Right. And plus, you think to yourself, you could justify it all day long. You could be like, well, who would who would adopt three triplets? Yeah. Separating them is better for the kids. Gets them put out. We also get to study them, uh-huh. but it was all premeditated. They they the way the scientists picked the homes is they picked they would picked homes that had already adopted kids so they could go in and kind of watch. And then once they said, okay, these are the perfect homes, then they kind of selected them. Really fucked up. Wow. You know, it, crazy. It but been, there's more to the story. You got to watch it. That's great that they found each other. Man. Uh, more to the, the odds. And yeah. what's crazy is you see like one of them's overweight, one of them's not overweight. So you could tell uh, yeah. it wasn't genetics. Environmental factors kick in. Um, and so, yeah, they they go through all that. That's crazy. I had been rec- – someone recommended it to me when it first came out. And I remember clicking on it and just – the preview to it just seems like whatever, but the reviews on it were really high. It was like 90, 80, 90, and I'm like, I, I should, we got to watch this. And finally, Katrina and I finally watched it, and we watched it. I was like, oh, shit, I recommended my buddies, and it's definitely one of those, oh, shit, you got to watch it one. It was definitely worth the watch. It What it shows and what it proves is that- Well, now I know everything. But yeah, no, still, no, you don't. No, 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 no. Yeah, there's more to it. It's still good. No, though. I still want to watch it. I'm not like yeah, yeah. Yeah, deterred from it. I didn't want Sal. Yeah. I didn't want Sal to ruin it at all. You know what? You poo pooed on the 90s thing. I like the 90s thing. Oh, here we go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the 90s documentary? Yeah. Maybe I didn't give it enough time. Well, you well, know what? It felt like it was just you, pop culture. You said culture. it was like the uh, like a uh, the kids. Like, remember that documentary, Kids? Yeah. Oh, the He's, movie you're talking about? No, no, no. It's, a, it's, a, it's an eight part series. Oh, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, no, no. You know what it is? I only watched some of one and i think each one is on a different topic yeah. that's why but you know that was all pop culture it's like, what you'll you, you what i thought why maybe you didn't like it because you probably in the 90s you were probably buried in your encyclopedia i was definitely watching tv 
And so it's a lot about it's all about TV and pop culture. Oh, the whole series. The whole series. Oh, okay. There's I think I haven't got to the ones there. I think it gets into political stuff uh, mm-hmm. down the road. So I I'm only on three or four. But yeah. I mean, it's it's I enjoyed the fuck out of it. You have all the old advertisements and stuff. Everything, commercials. everything. Yeah. You, yeah, it's got all kinds of cool yeah. stuff. I mean, it's it really dives into music. And what what I liked about it actually was it talks about shows that I watched as a kid, but how pivotal they were in history. Just mm-hmm. like it was such a big deal. I, for example, like Arsenio Hall. Like before that, there wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't a talk show host that was black. There just didn't exist, and there wasn't anybody bringing on like hip hop artists, and and like that completely changed the culture. Uh So there's some shows that you know, Will and Grace. Yeah, Will and Grace was huge in the '90s, right? So they talked. They talked about Will and Grace, and they talked about this. So there was some some things that I remember as a kid watching and seeing. I just didn't remember how paramount they were Mm -hmm. to society and culture. And now w- watching it again, I'm like, oh wow, that is crazy that that was going on. That's media has a, a very important role in, in society and culture. Very important. It it, it like Will and Grace is a great example. Will and Grace brought a you know brought gay people into your living room, and they were likable and they were good people in the show, and so you couldn't help but start to feel like you knew. Some gay people, and that that was okay. And that actually, that show by itself changed a lot of people's attitudes towards oh, yeah. homosexuality. Did you know, just one example. Did you know that, uh, oh, I, I'm going to fuck it up. Maybe Doug can Google this. The original name to reality shows was not reality. So Real World came out. and they, That was the first one. They used to call them doc, docu-soaps, like, oh, a, really? like a documentary huh. soap opera. So something I think it's doc docu soaps was what they used to call reality shows before they. Well, started. yeah, because they would stage everything anyway. Right. Like the next day, they would have them wear the same clothes, and like we didn't get it. We need to get you guys more fucked up. You know? But <laughs> I, but I remember that. I remember when that first came out, and that set off the. Well, the first real world was different. Actually, the first real world, which was a big experiment by MTV, was truly real. Like they actually didn't Dude, see. Remember that guy Puck? Well, no, that it was, was part two. Even oh, was even two. even the very first Real World was supposed to be a docu soap. They they set it up. It was set up and staged. You might have felt like it was completely real, but that was the original. It was originally called a. There it is. Thank you, Doug. Mm-hmm. It is a docu soap. So I did get oh, it right. All right. So and there it is. The Real World. The Real World. The first one was the the first. I mean. People argue that Cops was the first one because Cops. Yeah, was, that's right. true. Was, yeah, that was a reality type show, but this was. The I used first. to love that show. Remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what you gonna what do? What you want? What you gonna do? Is that still on the air? I think so. Uh, yeah, dude. I think it's on basic cable. Somewhere. You know, it. It also. They uh, need to bring that show back. Yeah. It triggered us to watch. So I was a diehard uh, Seinfeld fan. I watched every single Seinfeld episode multiple times. And it was and when I was growing up, that was my buddies and I, that was the thing is like all the one liners that were in there, we were using in, in normal conversation. Right. So like Katrina, I think just didn't watch it as much. And because she knows that we have similar uh, sense of humor and into a lot of the same stuff. She's like, let's watch Seinfeld. I'm like, I can always go for watching old Seinfeld. So she started it back from the beginning, and last night was watching oh, nice. like the pilot and the original Seinfeld and such a great Newman. Such yeah, a you know, that whole thing. Such a great. Show. My son loves Seinfeld. Oh, he does. Yeah, he watches like he watches them back to back to back. Oh, my favorite yeah. man. I don't know any of thirteen year old kids that watch 
old Seinfeld episodes. You know, he's got he's, ca- he's got smart, witty humor. That's why. Probably. Yeah. That's definitely. If you're a young kid, if you're your kid's age and you're into something like that, you 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 have to be smart enough to pick up on the wit. It's got a lot of wit. You know, that's why I think it's quick like that. So. Yeah, he's kind of a my my son's kind of he's like an old man in some ways. He's an anomaly. <laughs> like he likes old man things. Like uh, like we go to a restaurant and you know kids will order like chicken fingers and stuff and he'll be like. I'll have the salmon. I'll have an old fashioned. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, yeah. I'll like watercress yeah. salmon. Can, can I have some olives? Yeah. You're like what? <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck eats like that at your age? Dude? Yeah. You know I mean? some, some mineral water. It's just Thank he's you. like he's like an old man, you know. Yeah. Hey, what do you want to watch? Seinfeld. Yeah. I'm like what? <laughs> Let's watch some crazy shit. Anyway, do you have any brie? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. dude. So uh, I got some articles here that I want to share with you guys. Let me pull up the first one. That's kind of interesting. So this one was shared in our forum. I love our forum for this, by the way. I don't have to do as much anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, yeah, they, they find a lot of cool stuff. I just us. get tagged. Yeah. I get tagged on these great articles. Well, like, well it, thanks. It took a little while, but eventually we ended up finding a way smarter people than ourselves in there. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's, great. So it's nice. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it is helpful. So, so this is an article in National Geographic magazine about the sea nomads. Okay, you're going to love this. All right. So for hundreds of years, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, the Bajau people have lived at sea. So these are these are people that for hundreds of years, they what they do on a daily basis is they dive. Mm. They dive deeply and they fish. And they don't do this with any apparatus, no snorkel gear, no you spears. know nothing. They use spears. And these fuckers go deep and long. They go down underwater for as long as 13 minutes. What? Mm-hmm. At depths of around 200 feet. Damn. And they're they're nomadic people, and they live uh, in the waters that wind through the Philippines, Malaysia, and Indonesia. And so this is what, just what they've been doing for you know hundreds of years. There they are right there. There's a picture. So scientists were like, I wonder if these people have evolved specifically to be able to do this because right. that's an incredible feat. Like well, handling the pressure. 200 feet underwater yeah. without any gear or anything and 13 minutes underwater. Is that possible? That's what they do. These well, are these are real real is. deal. Yeah. And you see look look it even says here in this article the mystery of their amazing ability to free dive is solved. So they thought okay let's 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 see if we can find any any differences in these people versus regular people that maybe they've developed over hundreds of years Let me called- guess, ketogenic diet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they all do maps anabolic. Oh, yeah, so anyway, yeah. yeah next article. All right. No, so moving on. So you know the ability to hold oxygen in your blood. A lot of that has to do with your red blood cells, and your spleen helps produce uh, some of those red blood cells. And so in animals or mammals that spend a lot of their time underwater, mammals who typically do that have larger than normal spleens. And so they that's the first place they look. They're like, let's hmm. see what size of spleens these people have. Fifty percent larger than the average person. What? Oh wow! They have fifty percent larger spleens than the average person. So they literally, because of hundreds of years of doing this, their bodies have evolved to just be able to hold their breath for longer. And is be there able to a video pressure. of this or something? I want to see. This. And this is like every generation in this tribe like has this fifty percent larger spleen. They tested all. I mean, all they tested. I mean, not everybody of the tribe, mm-hmm. but they did a lot of tests. I, hope I never heard this. I I thought it was like four minutes or six minutes is like the record of holding your breath. Mm-hmm. Right. No. Thirteen minutes. Thirteen oh. minutes. Yep. Yep. 
They also find that they uh, that their lungs are more compliant to being able to stretch and hold oxygen. Um, their abs are more compliant. So they found like like these these different <clears throat> adaptations. Mm. That these people had that let them see. Look how yeah, they live. Serves their very specific niche. They literally build like huts and shit on the water. So you just jump off your your balcony or whatever and go down under. Look and there they are. They what? just yep, just swim around with a with a, with now, a spear. Now a have, trip. now is there other things that we're seeing as a benefit to that? No. Is, are the, what's the their, article didn't say anything else, but that's a good question. I wonder if there's side effects. Right, right. right. It, Any other potential effects? I don't know. But yeah, that just goes to show you, like when you have like a very specific uh, task, or like you, like groups have, have figured one thing out, and that became like uh, like everybody has to adapt and, and evolve with this in order to survive. It's it's interesting to see how that goes into the genetics like that, and it starts you know favoring. Well, it's I, wild. I, I would imagine too that from a very young age they're training like crazy too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. by the time you're old enough to walk they're probably teaching you to swim well with natural with natural selection what probably ends up happening that's the that's the the gene the pde what was it doug pde 10a was the gene that they found that resulted in a larger spleen and more red blood cell uh production yeah if you're the guy that's going down for 13 minutes uh you're getting some action right (laughs) (laughs) i'm saying that's like a valuable thing there and then that becomes like you know he's having a bunch of kids that's That's how it works oh i see that's genetics that's what you're saying you know what that's a good point you know with natural selection what probably happens over hundreds of years is if you can't fucking hang you don't do very well like justin said yeah you know so the ones who who can dive the best because that's their livelihood they end up procreating because it's valued in their society. You're right, Justin. They probably have the pick of the litter when it comes to I'm just saying it's mates. Like, yeah, it's kind of like um I mean any other sort of culture you find the people that are killing it and they're mm-hmm. the ones getting all the, you know, attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's um it reminds me of the Mongolian, I think Mongolian tribes that live in the real high, high altitude cold tundras. Have you seen pictures of those? Mm-hmm. Maybe Doug can look them up. The the they they live in the f- like freezing, freezing cold, dry tundras. When you look at pictures of them, the ki- they, the pictures of the kids are always adorable. They have these really red cheeks, probably because it's freezing. Yeah, they're bundled up to crazy, and then uh, and then the the men. There's pictures of them on their horses up on these tundras with an eagle or some shit. Yeah, and they just live yeah, in some of the they're most hunting eagles. Yeah, and they live in some of the most inhospitable areas of the world yeah but and i wonder if you were to study those people if you were to find differences in their in their bodies because they had they just live in freezing yeah all the time i'm sure dude. yeah yeah, yeah. that and the altitude They're, right and, there look at that you know how they're acclimated to yeah. it like over everybody else yeah. i mean let's be honest is there anything more alpha than that, right that. There? <laughs> <laughs> on a horse with a yeah. bald eagle on you know what i'm saying uh, <laughs> you know yeah. like I, I feel like a like a just generally like a wimp look how big that wingspan is dude those things are monstrous. You know, you like you bring your pug, you know what I mean, or something like. Oh, here's my <laughs> look at my pet. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool, cool yeah, pet. Yeah, I have. Ah! Yeah, I've, had, I've got a basically a pterodactyl yeah. on my hand. Yeah, look at that. And they use those eagles to, to hunt. Yeah. It's kind of cool with the the differences that human that you can find in humans based on. It's and like it, beast master. It, it makes me think of nutrition. You know, because obviously we're we're in the fitness and health industry. How you can, you know, one way of eating may be beneficial for one people but may not be beneficial for another people like if you're 
if your people evolved diving into the ocean right. and getting yeah. fish right. for hundreds of years, and then you move somewhere where you never eat fish, yeah, yeah would, can't be ideal. Yeah, would that be? Would you? Would that? Would you? Would the diet of the you know Eskimos or Mongolians on the tundra who may eat just like super fatty seal and moose meat or whatever? Would that work for you, or would you find that it might not be so good for you? You know, right? So it makes you it makes you wonder. When There's you say things like that, it always makes me wonder too. Though, is if we're going through this transition of all this processed shitty food, and then like ten years, it's going to be good for us? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. I mean, think about that. Yeah. I, right now, we're going through that that phase of just like this. It wasn't around for very long, but push us two, three, four hundred years, and then before you know it, you know, soda can and ho hos. Yeah. It's going to be three, yeah, I don't three, know about that. three years from now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- uh, like, th- like a thousand years from now, you'll have people who will be like, you know, writing books on the, right. th- you know, the, the new diet. less food. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. look, this is Get how we've, rid of them. we've been eating like this for thousands of years. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you need, everything needs to be processed. Yeah. You have to eat everything processed, eat a lot of sugar, and uh, you'll find yourself be healthy. If you eat uh, too much whole natural foods, yeah, you get cancer. You, you will. You're going to die. Pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's yeah, that kind of stuff really fascinates the shit out of me. There you, know, a- you know, I got uh, yesterday our our butcher box for our big uh, mind pump thing came in yesterday. Oh, the Thanksgiving, oh, yeah, the yeah. Little, the little, we got, I think we have uh, turkey, we got sausage, we got bacon. What else did we get in there? We got a bunch of cool stuff. So we're going to deep fry this fucker, huh? Yeah, Doug ordered. We're going to have a smorgasbord. <laughs> Last night, Doug and I were talking, and he uh, ordered the deep fry already. Gets here, what, this week, Doug? When do we get it? Wednesday. Wednesday, we have it. How big of a how big of a, a turkey fits in that deep yeah. fryer? You can go up to twenty pounds. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. oh snap! I think the, I think ours comes with. When a is the, dude? 14, I've never had pounds. a fried turkey. I haven't either. Have you, Sal or Adam? I have. I've I had have. it once. Yeah. Oh, I've never had. It. Oh, that's dude, this week, wait. huh? Yeah, it's yeah. Friday. No, I've I've had a I've had a fried uh, turkey once. My cousin had a friendsgiving or whatever. Yeah. And first off, so this came from his buddy who's a firefighter. So his buddy that was there was a firefighter. And he said, just don't want to freak anybody out. He goes, but this is the number one cause of fires right. uh, during the holiday season is people deep frying turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I got a high tech one. Yeah. I think it would be good. Made by Butterball. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's all enclosed. Yeah. Doug's is That's way different than the one that, the one that yeah. we, I cooked in was, was on an open burner. <laughs> open yeah. burner. And you and it was a big, just huge pot. So <laughs> Doug found a- <laughs> Who told you, dude? That's, Who yeah. told you? Is that Justin's brand? My butterball. Little Butterball. <laughs> that was my nickname in junior high. <laughs> no, was yeah. it? Was it really? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. It sounds like, yeah, it. Sounds I wish like it, it was. Worked, it's, it is on Mind Pump now. Butterball. Little Butterball. You little kid. Are you a little better ball? Uh, bring that uh, one. Does, does it make you want to wrestle him, Adam? Get over here, you little fucker. Just tickle him. Like, just yeah, him butterball. Can tickle you, little No, but, but he said that uh, you have to lower, first off, you have to thaw the turkey completely. So one yes. of the biggest mistakes people make is they try to deep fry a frozen turkey, and I guess that makes oh. the oil go everywhere. Oh, yeah. Well, then, I imagine it's like when you have a, a super hot pan, and then you try and run it under cold water. Yeah, that is not smart. And he said also to lower the turkey in really slow, because he said a lot of people will just like drop the turkey. Splash. And yeah. then that oil catches fire. And then how do you put out an oil fire? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Good question. Blanket. Insane. Big cotton blanket. Stop, drop, and no, roll yeah. on top of a it. A fire blanket. Yeah. 
or, or aren't you supposed to dump like? Aren't, can't you dump like salt or baking soda? Baking soda, yeah. Is that Gasoline. what it is? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to smother it. Douse, douse it with some gas. How many? How many people have enough baking soda though lying around? Yeah, like that much. Uh, Does anybody even much. use it anymore? Of course, yeah. you do. Yeah, it's in my refrigerator. It's down by our trash. We do. We keep. We keep baking soda around. For what? There. The smell? Yeah. You don't brush your teeth with it. No, mm. I I have tried that though. I love it. It's that just messy, to, pain in the ass. That used to be like my paranoid. Like if I was like in a in a pinch and I didn't have any like tums or anything, like I was a little baking soda. That's oh, actually old school, which helped. Really? Yeah, yeah. it's an old school way of, little, of treating water. It doesn't I would do that at friend's long. house because like I'd have bad heartburn or whatever because I used to. Fuck, is that what Alka Seltzer is? It's just like a tab of it. Mm, it's I different. Yeah, it's different. The baking soda doesn't last as long, so if you yeah. take it for heartburn, it was kind of temporary. It'll yeah. be like a, an hour of relief because mm-hmm. it neutralizes the acid. What do you do? You just sit in the box and you like finger. Yeah, no, I just no, like no, put, put it in, in water and mix it. Water. water and but I mean, if it's going every hour, I just carry the box around and just scoop it in your mouth. He's like, yo, man, you got some baking soda. He's like, I got some in my gym bag. Oh, but you burp like, oh, that's the worst dude that 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 turns it on but i, I brush my teeth with it every morning i use a uh, toothpaste and then i sprinkle some do you also do the charcoal like i did that, that for a yeah. second but it was so messy and black yeah you have like everywhere black teeth yeah i'm afraid like if you get a little toothpaste on your shirt no big deal you get like some charcoal on <laughs> your shirt that turns into a big deal it's uh, yeah it's stupid yeah. but it does clean it feels like it cleans your did your, you do your the face really did good. you guys ever try the oil pulling yeah, no, I did it for I a second. Yeah, Everett got me. It takes me too long. It does take mm. too long. It's annoying. It's actually tiring. Yeah, it is. How good is that for you? It's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's I know. Actually, I've been meaning to try. It just like looks like intense, like labor intensive. It's 30 minutes. Yeah. You're yeah. Just, mm, and after a while, your cheeks get all, ugh, and then you get you start to like, if you accidentally swallow some of it, you're like, oh, yeah, it's not. It's kind of gross. I just went to the, uh, speaking of which, I just went to the dentist. I hadn't been to a dentist. And oh, they what'd drill, you have done? They drill you? I haven't been to a dentist. It's funny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and admit this on the podcast. <laughs> I hadn't been to a dentist in years. Ew. That's a okay. long time. They're yeah. overrated. Long time. They're overrated. Dude, They're, most of them are a scam anyways. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking scam. Bro. You're going to get the dentist <laughs> well, association after We got to stop ass. pissing people off. Yeah. I, I got to say this on the show. <laughs> yeah. I made a comment like four episodes ago about registered dietitians and said they were the worst people oh, to go no. for. I got a fucking slew oh. of messages. You said that about registered dietitians? Yeah, I said they're the worst people to go to for, for diet. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that. When did you say that? It was, like, I was just like agreeing. Four, God, what, yeah. an ass, yeah. what an asshole. No, you and you know what? Yeah, you're right. A couple of them are in our forum, and they reminded me that they're all, all the same. And right. what they I was were, referring they to. You, some of us listen to Mind Pump, yeah, asshole. Yeah, no, and some. Well, they were like trainers. But anyway, dude. so dentists, so you think they're scam? Fuck yeah, they're a scam, dude. <laughs> I told you. A that, lot of them have. I've, I've seen a lot of these ripoffs. Well, I I went one time. I remember as a kid. <laughs> one time. Well, that, yeah. And then that was it. Well, no, that was when I was sold that it was a scam because we we went one time and at that time i hadn't been in like two years my mom takes me they tell me i have eight cavities and like my family's like didn't have a lot of money so uh they're like okay son we're gonna have to put that on hold for are you fine does it hurt i'm like no i'm fine i don't notice anything like that they're like okay well you know when we get some money we'll go back and we'll do that right so you know then i didn't go for like another year or two and then when i go back this dentist tells me i have zero cavities so I went from having eight cavities Whoa. to having zero cavities. Nothing, and this I'm a kid. Nothing changed in my diet. I was eating just as much fruity pebbles yeah. and fucking. Do you know what though? ice cream? You want to know what's weird about that? You, mm. you you probably were the the guy probably did bullshit you guys. However, did you know that there's now evidence that cavities can heal? Mm. I used to believe that once you had that a cavity, tr- wow, that once you had a cavity, that was it. 
Yeah. yeah. But now there's evidence that changing the microbiome in the mouth and doing other couple of things, supplementing, I think, uh, maybe Doug can look it up, that cavities will heal themselves. The bone will actually heal Dude, itself. So trippy that anecdotally, like I had a cavity that I've been meaning to address forever. Like, and it just, again, just one of those things I just avoided the dentist because I didn't mm -hmm. want to go back. And like, I, I kept, you know, like changed my diet, health and all that improvement wise in my mouth. And it was like, it was, I didn't feel it anymore. I had the same thing. So when I was an adult, this happened to me. Uh, I went and saw, well, I had a client that was a dentist. We're and, giving terrible advice right now. And, so this says well, how to reverse cavities. So I, I had, you know what I got it from was drinking too many rock stars. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And she just told me, she's like, stay away. How many of those are you drinking? I'm like, I was yep. doing like two a day. Those are, yeah. I stopped drinking them literally like the next day and took about a year or so. And I could feel where, fill where my cavities were. I didn't feel them anymore. That was the same with me, but it was like coffee with sugar and all that. And mm -hmm. I just cut Whoa. the sugar out. Whoa, check this out. You ready for this? Is crazy. Doug just pulled up an article and I just read it while we were talking. That they did a study, and this was published in the British Medical Journal. And they had a study performed on 62 children with cavities. They broke them up into three groups. Group one ate a standard diet plus oatmeal, which is rich in phytic acid. Group two consumed a normal diet and supplemented with vitamin D. And group three ate a grain-free diet and took vitamin three, uh, vitamin D. Ready for this? Yeah. The group three, first of all, group one, worse. Their cavities got worse, and they got more cavities. Group two had less, uh, less improve, less cavity startup, so they were a little bit better. Group three, who had the grain-free diet with nutrient-rich foods, vegetables, meats, fruits, and took vitamin D, had all almost all cavities heal. Wow. I fucking knew it. What a trip. Well, you know what's funny? So what will trip you out, and if the listeners can check this out, if you want to read about somebody who's, who pioneered some of these studies or speculations, look on uh, Weston, Weston Price. A. Price. Yeah. Look up Weston A. Price. I think the website is WestonAPriceFoundation.org, if I'm not mistaken. And he was a dentist that traveled the world, and he would photograph people's teeth. And what tripped him out, because he was a Western dentist, Western doctor, was that these people in these some of these uh, these hunter-gatherer societies who had no access to dental care at all, no toothbrushes, they didn't even have regular teeth cleaning practices or whatever that, that looked anything like the ones that we have. They had perfect teeth, and they, their teeth were straight, and there were no cavities. He would examine their teeth, and he was shocked yeah. that nobody had cavities, and everybody had really, really straight teeth as if they had all worn braces. And so he started speculating, and that's how this foundation started, that diet plays this massive role in much more than a lot of the stuff that we understand. Yeah. And if you think about it, what trips me out, you're talking about dentistry, you know, some dentists sometimes scamming or whatever. I, I mean, I definitely think some bad ones out there, but here's something that I think is complete bullshit. No, I don't want a slew of fucking DMs. Like no, you no, no, Here, um, no. I have, I'm not saying all of them are. No, dentists have play, play a valuable role, but one thing that I think is complete bullshit is how we were led to believe that we're supposed to remove our wisdom teeth. Like nobody's supposed to have wisdom teeth. Yeah. Always get them removed. Well, that's another scam. I was told to remove mine, never remove mine. Yeah. I'm I fine. I'm, I'm sorry, but it doesn't make I any did. sense to me that we would evolve to have something that will kill us if we didn't remove it. Nobody removed their wisdom teeth 5,000 years ago or, you know, a thousand years ago. I'd say even less than that. Yeah. yeah. And I think what it is, is our mouths, as we've gone on these grain heavy diets, the, our mouths have actually shrank and our teeth are becoming crowded 
we get more cavities, all kinds of other stuff. So anyway, I go to the dentist after not going to one forever, and I had to get a good cleaning a lot, but I didn't have a single cavity. Nice. Yeah, never. I actually have never. I don't think I've ever had a cavity. Oh, yeah. All them sardines. <laughs> That's right. Listen up, kids. Sardines, sardines and avocado. It's Yes. It's Sulfur <laughs> veggies. Yeah. Hey. No, but how trippy is that? That's cool that you brought that up, Doug. We'll make sure to put that in, I know. The, in the show notes. That's great, man. Yeah. So anyway, speaking of, uh, of things that are healthy, I uh, started giving my son some of the green juice after our workouts. You know, train him here and there. Mm-hmm. What does he think of it? See, I mean, he likes it. I, okay, cool. Well, your kid also is a kid we just talked about earlier that has, true. likes weird shit. Yeah. Have, but, you, have I mean, your kids tried the Organifi stuff? They have. Actually, I've I've been uh, giving them the, the red juice because- uh, they oh my keep, god! Does that make them hyper? They keep wanting. Yeah, it does during the day. So I, I well, <laughs> in re, in replacement of Crystal Light. Okay, so some somewhere along the lines, I think it was my parents that introduced them to Crystal Light, and so they were like really wanting. I'm like, no. And so I gave them, <laughs> I gave them some of the red the red juice instead, and they they liked it. But yeah, I, I had them try the green juice, and and you know I'm just sort of introducing that one too, but. Yeah, I I would prefer them at least to have that than to Crystal Light. No, what I do is post workout with my son. So now me him him and I have agreed that he's gonna consistently lift two days a week, even if he's with his mom. Mm-hmm. I'll bring him over and train him. And what I do now is post workout is he'll eat something, or I try to make it cool for him, kind of cool. So I'll give him a little bit of like the Organifi protein shake with the green juice because mm-hmm. he thinks it's, you know, you're a 13 year old kid. Your dad's giving you, yeah, it's like a performance thing right after. Yeah. Like, your yeah. dad's giving you like a potion or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, a mix. Yeah, elixir. Yeah. So he feels kind of cool. He's like, is this going to make me Jack's going to get you jacked? <laughs> I remember how I felt about supplements when I was, you know, 14, 15 buying them. I used to go to, I used to walk to the big five on blossom. I used to walk four miles Oh yeah. and buy weeders muscle builder. That was the name of the protein. So great. The, the walk would cancel out the calories that you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> totally 400 calorie walk for a 300 yeah, yeah. calorie but i shake. buy this muscle builder protein powder and i think that i was taking like you know elixir of the gods yeah. so I, I i you know I, I give it to my son to kind of get him kind of pumped about it <clears throat> and he's like he's talking to me and he's like so as i get stronger he's starting to ask me the right questions you know am i do i you know does that mean i'm building muscle and gaining weight uh-huh. i'm like absolutely and i said well if you want i said this summer before you go to high school we can do a mass building protocol. I said we could try to put you know between you know five to ten pounds of 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 size on you over the summer, which means you know you're gonna have to eat a particular way, and I'm gonna train you, and you know if you want to get your if you want to get ready for high school that way. And he kind of got excited, bro. If he gets all pumped about that, and I and I get to train my son for summer to put on size on him, <laughs> I get to relive. That period of time, the that summer I of guns. Oh, that'll be so fun! This is it coming up, right? I mean, this is this is the time where you really started to get into it, right? For him, I st- I got into it at fourteen, so okay. I, was, I was older than him. Okay. I was like right after. Actually, you're right. It was the summer. I kind of got into it after eighth grade, and it was the summer after my freshman year that I got. That's it. I was like, hundred percent all the way in. Yeah. Going crazy now. Is he coming in the garage and lifting more and more, or do you feel like it's kind of inconsistent right now? Like what's it's his- it's all it's a little on and off. And, yeah. and I'm not pushing it. I just want him to do it here and there and just see what's happening. And mm-hmm. I worked out with him a couple times. That that's more fun, I think, when we work out together. Yeah. Nice. So, but the summertime, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I can't wait to do that. I mean, right now I'm I'm making a big effort to finish things with you know, the tree house and stuff. And so I got, I saw you made four more posts up. <laughs> yeah. 
progress, dude. <laughs> I got it all the posts up now, so I'm, I'm proud. Is there going to be a roof on that and everything? I, I don't know. I'm debating that because um, my efforts, I think I'm going to go more platforms like um, with railing and then have it have gates that open. So it's more functional. So it's like I'm going to build another one on another tree adjacent to that so they can have a bridge that goes to that one. So it's like my vision is for them to be able to have like Nerf gun fights and like, like, you know, use it as like, like two different climbing towers. Stu- yeah. Two oh, different towers. Sick. So one goes over sick. to one side and then, then another tower, they climb up that they zip line down. So I'm probably not going to put a roof on it. I'm just going to have multiple kind of uh, platforms that they can <laughs> like, you know, attack their friends I'm gonna, from. When they, when they come over this weekend, I'm going to show them like the crazy, like crazy ass tree houses to put pressure oh. on. <laughs> Oh, fuck that. Hey, you should have your you dad go it? Yeah. No. You should have your dad They already watched that show, the, that Nelson guy, dude. This he, one has an he elevator. He crazy yeah. like, with all these like, You guys designs. should ask your dad to build this. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. This one looks like a Millennium Falcon. <laughs> fuck you guys. He's going to build them into little houses, and then you know the kids will start to realize that that's where they're going to live now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, guys. Oh, you know why I built these? Oh, you're outside Cause, now. Because you guys get to sleep out here. Yeah, Mom, Mom and I will. outside ones. Didn't you say they already call themselves the downstairs? Yeah, yeah, my youngest, he calls them the, the, the downstairs. We're the downstairs people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're the downstairs people. We have rights. You know, like, they're always demanding stuff. Now, uh, do you guys do you guys uh, start your your Christmas shopping early for the kids? Or are you like procrastinator dads that wait till the last the last week? I'll probably start uh, in a week or two. Yeah, kind of fine. Well, we have ideas already. So it's like it's just a matter of going on Amazon at this point. Yeah, but, I mean, so the last couple of years I've been full on no no stores like just all online yeah have you converted yet are you yeah, guys i don't go to totally. stores anymore yeah. stupid stores suck yeah. during this time it's crazy that it still is crazy and people go and do that i'm like man you get some people like the you know jessica likes the she likes the whole thing oh. she likes going shopping oh. i love she likes lines. getting hot cocoa yeah. she likes listening to christmas music she likes the crowds she likes the whole thing. I and fucking hate the crowds. Yeah, I used to hate it too. But I'm what I'm trying to do is I'm starting to tr- trying to change my perception of the whole thing a little bit because I'm I'm wondering if I just decided it sucks, yeah. and if I can maybe see it through different no, lenses. No, 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 it's no, like no. it's it like sucks. the difference is getting a fast pass to Space Mountain or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I know. You, you know what I mean. Adam does it. <laughs> you don't have kids. <laughs> But uh, I, yeah, no, I, I, I'm probably going to do most of my shopping. My daughter's birthday's coming up, and oh, what are you doing? Well, what I'm going to do with her? I was thinking, like, what should I get her? She knows she wants. She wants a canopy over her bed, like every girl. So I got that. That'll be cool. But then what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick her up from school. Tell me this wouldn't be fucking awesome. I'm going to pick her up from school, and I'm going to be like, "You ready for your shopping spree?" Uh, and we're just gonna go to the store, and I'm just gonna uh, let her surprise. And I'm gonna let her pick whatever. Oh, she'll do, she'll love that. Just know what you're setting yourself up for. Well, right? I'm praying. It's that not she- now. It's not now. It's what you're setting her up for is her loving that, having such a good time at this age, and then when she yeah. gets to like 16, still wanting to do that Dad, with Dad. we're gonna go and, buy a car. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Then it's like Gucci, Louis Vuitton, oh, no. like, shopping sprees like 10 grand. No, well, I think it's just the fun of it, right? The fun of going to the store with yeah. your parent and having and be able to pick out whatever. Right. And then we're gonna have dinner at uh, one of those uh, Benny Hanna type places. Love those. Oh, yeah. My kids love that shit. I love those too. Where they cook the food in front of you and they throw the freaking eggs in your face. Yeah. <laughs> throw the yeah. eggs in your face. <laughs> you ever, you ever get, that happen? Yeah, dude. You know, they, they throw it in the tray. You try and catch it in your mouth. 
I fucking hate that. You're not good at it. No, I. That's it's an athletic thing. That's no, why. you know. No, I yeah. catch it, but you know what it is. <laughs> what if they throw it a little short so you do this move? Uh, 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 like giving a blowjob. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know what bothers me about the throwing the egg in the in, the, in your mouth huh. when it's coming down? What if somebody like breathes a little bit? Is it right <laughs> as it lands? <laughs> Has anybody ever died? I don't know from the from the Benihana. I mean, probably not. Egg throw. I'd I don't imagine know, it'd be dude. sued. No, you're numbers guy. You know, it might happen. So. Yeah. yeah. But they always make the chicken. You know, on the on the on the the hot plate or whatever. Yeah. You know, they crack the egg and they always draw the chicken out. Yeah. Or yeah. they'll make the volcano with the yeah, yeah the, the steam volcano. coming out of it. That's the best. When you leave that place, you smell like that place. What did, so well, now? What day are you doing 100%. this? This is when. It's coming up. I don't want to say when, but it's coming up. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In case she's listening. Yeah. No. Yeah. My daughter listens to my pub. Yeah. Oh man. God help us. <laughs> All those weed jokes are a joke, honey. I was gonna say because we have our ours is Friday, right? Sex our robot. Is it Friday? We're doing Friday, right? Doug, our Thanksgiving thing, right? It's Friday. Yes. Okay. That's my birthday. You guys have me cooking oh, on my it's birthday. birthday. You guys are a bunch of dicks. It's man. your birthday too. Yeah. You I'm hosting what? and oh, cooking man. on my birthday. I'll give you a massage. Yeah, what a champion yeah. I am. Yeah. We'll give you a massage. You'll get a forehand massage. Forehanded. Forehanded. You ever heard of a forehand massage? No, I haven't. Uh, Google it. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty legit. It's four hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you cover a lot of area real quickly. Yeah, it'll be fun to have all the kids together though. It will. Yeah, I, we, I can't wait. I had a blast with you guys over the other night, Justin, with your with your boys. Yeah, it was fun. Man. Your boys are adorable. Yeah, well, your kids are cool too. You could man. tell that you're that you do a good job with them. They, they nice. ask permission. When they're when they're, they're well mannered, yeah, they, they are. Get, yeah, yeah, they get beat. They're <laughs> <laughs> they better. Justin's yeah. old school. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're Justin well mannered. Laid Justin, on the hammer. My mom used to have a spoon, a wooden spoon that hung on the wall. Justin's got a two by four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> staple got a, staple got a gun. Club. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, no, what's funny is because uh, we're, we they brought dessert and they brought these little powder sugar powder cookies that were really uh, good. Yeah, I want. <laughs> and you watch the kids eat them, and then his boys were trying to like I wanted to ruin his kids. They were trying to like sneak another one, like as bad as they. But you could tell oh, they were yeah. looking at dad, you know, like. Uh, I think he's, yeah, I think my oldest, he did sneak one, that little punk. Yeah, he I'm did. Gonna him. I'm going to get him for that. He did. Yeah. But the, they were great. They put their dishes away after they were done. I was like, yeah. dang, man. No, they're good kids. Did a good job, yeah. not Justin. Not bad, dad. I love seeing that. Yeah. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from Eric Capel. Would bodybuilding style posing practice be a worthwhile way to increase muscle connection and increase hypertrophy and muscle fiber recruitment for strength? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, one of the, let me tell you something. If trying to connect to a muscle with resistance is easier than connecting to a muscle with no resistance. The reason why, one of the reasons why bodybuilders are so damn good at the best, the best athletes you can find at, connecting to individual muscles. Part of it's their training. The other part of it is because they know how to pose. Yeah. They'll, ha- they'll know how to do a lat spread. They'll know how to give themselves a Christmas tree in a particular position, how to squeeze a bicep a certain way, the tricep delt, whatever, because they've posed without any outside resistance. Well, think about this. Resistance training, okay? All that resistance training is is flexion of the muscles with resistance. Yeah. That's all it is. You're flexing muscles with resistance. So yeah. if you practice 
flexing specific muscles, then hell yes, it's going to carry over into your training. And this is why, like you said, they are so great. And this is also why, you know, when people talk shit about certain exercises, like, oh, that's not for that, or oh, that's, I can take an exercise and make it for a lot of different muscles mm -hmm. just by focus. Same exercise. Yeah, yeah. same exercise. You know, mm -hmm. I, you can take a, a rear delt fly and it be for rear delts. You could also do it for traps. You could even get some of your rhomboids and maybe even some of your lats engaged mm -hmm. a little bit. Like there's a lot of ways to do a movement and have certain muscles take over. And if you're really good at doing that without any sort of resistance with just flexing and posing, mm -hmm. then when you add resistance with weights, boy, it really enhances that. I honestly think that this is definitely one of those attributes, one of those techniques that bodybuilders present that strength athletes should pick up on. Mm. And I and I honestly think that um, just focusing on isometric uh, connectivity and, and contractions and, and where you are producing force and, you know, what muscles are contributing is such a crucial part of, of becoming you know, uh, even, even a more of a higher performer in your sport and for them to go through a lot of those poses and connect to their body on that level, I think would take and elevate their game to a new level. They haven't achieved before. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, one of the hardest muscles for me to feel when I was working out were my lats. It was so hard. I felt everything else before I ever felt my lats. Like I was able to connect to my chest and my delts and of course, arms, that was easy, right? Biceps and triceps and quads and hamstrings and glutes and all that. But it was really hard for me to, to, to be able just to activate my lats. And it's, it's not a coincidence that the, the time I was able to feel my lats in my workout was also the same time I was able to feel my lats just standing and flexing them. And it's funny because it happened at the same time, but it's because I became more connected to those muscles. And that is a very important skill. If you're in the gym... And you're trying, and it's not just for bodybuilding. Yes, it's important for bodybuilding because you want to be able to connect to a muscle to target it, stress it more, and cause more development in that area. That's obvious. But the other reason why it's important is if I'm trying to teach you a new recruitment pattern, if I'm telling you that you're not activating your glutes very well while you're doing a barbell squat, your ability to feel your glutes is what's going to allow you to connect to the movement in a way that's that's more beneficial. This is one of the reasons why priming is so effective. Priming, you know, we say it turns on muscles. I mean, that's that's controversial in terms of turning on or turning off muscles. What's What I think one of the main benefits is when you prime a muscle or a movement first, now you know what to feel. Yeah. Now, if I, if I can't feel my glutes when I you squat- You allocate resources effectively. Right. If I can't feel my glutes when I squat and I do some hip thrusts and really connect and squeeze my glutes with every single rep as a primer- then I go squat, I know what to feel. Now I know where my position is and what muscles I need to feel when I'm doing that exercise. Besides all that, flexing your muscles intensely does send a small, it's not a big one, okay, but it does send a small muscle building signal. It's definitely better than not flexing your muscles, that's for sure. So, you know, back in the day, bodybuilders used to actually make this a part of their training. In fact, Arnold used to talk about how he would do 30 to 40 minutes of posing at the end of his workouts, especially the closer he got to contest. And he used to say that it would bring out sharpness and definition in his muscles. Now, I'm not sure if that part's actually true uh, in terms of actually bringing real definition, but I do think that being able to connect to those muscles and activate them better probably allowed him to pose them in a way 
to where he could make them more visible. I know, Adam, you competed for a long time. Were, were you able to find that posing differently or squeezing a muscle differently was able to bring it out, almost make it appear? Oh, uh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's half of it. Mm -hmm. Half of bodybuilding is being able to present your physique in its best light, you know, and also hide your flaws. And some of the best bodybuilders are also just the best at doing that. They're, we all are, you know, I mean, I think we all have flaws. We all have weaknesses. Like there's no, there's no such thing as the perfect physique, right? I think that some guys are just much better at, you know, accentuating their strengths and then hiding their flaws. And posing is part of that, part of learning how to. And then, too, when you're on stage and they're, they're assessing your entire body, and I'm up there hitting a double bicep, though I would never hit a double bicep because I was a men physique, but say I'm doing a side chest pose or whatever and I'm in my twist, well, that doesn't mean they're not – they're looking all the way from, from my toes all the way top. So you're so, activating everything yeah, all the so, way up. Yeah, so you're, you're thinking about keeping your calves tense. You're thinking about keeping your core and abs tense. You're thinking about your chest being up and your shoulders being peeled back at the same time. So you're trying to activate all of them, which only has carried over and made my workouts even mm -hmm. better. And like I was saying earlier – I have this ability to take an exercise that maybe traditionally is for one muscle, and that's what it says on the side of the machine, or that's what most people use it for, and I could use it for a total different purpose. Yeah, and the, here's, a, here's a great use of, of flexing. If you have a muscle that you're having trouble uh, developing, throughout the day, activate it. Throughout the day, th you know your regular day when you're not working out, flex that muscle, activate it, activate it. And get to the point where you can activate it with by by barely moving your body, like for example, I could I could make my boobs bounce, right? I could do the, the pec flex without moving the rest of my body. I don't have to bring my arm across my body to activate my pecs. I could just activate them. Yeah, I could do that. Dance. I could do that with my lats too. I could somewhat do it with my traps. So if you can practice activating that muscle throughout the day, I promise you'll feel more connected to it when you finally work out. When you finally go lift and work out for that that muscle. You'll be able to connect to it more, which will then lead to better progress. You know, Ben Pakulski made the comment that, you know, you don't have weak body parts. You just have body parts you can't activate and stress properly. Yeah, they're not accessible. So connect to them better and then watch what happens when you work out with a better connection to that muscle. Next question is from Barbell Scott. What's the good amount of cardio to do during the week for good health and not affect the muscle building signal? Mm. We got to be. We got to make sure we we communicate this properly because I'm getting a lot of people now who are so afraid of cardio. I know because <laughs> everything we said it into their head. Well, that's why I said that on the show the other day. I'm like, I just want you know, just so everybody knows, I did cardio like a couple weeks ago. It's, yeah. not, like it's, it's not like it's it's that absent where nobody does it around here. I think that we just have said it so much because the opposite message was being given for so right. long that. Listen, you don't necessarily have to do cardio the traditional way where you get out on a track and run or get on a treadmill and just mindlessly run for an hour. There's many other ways to exercise your heart, and you can actually do that with weights too. So I think it's important yeah. that we note that we're not saying it's bad to do no, cardio. No, there's real health benefits of cardio, and some cardio will actually benefit your muscle growth. If you have terrible cardiovascular stamina and endurance and you're lifting weights – a little bit of cardio will improve your cardiovascular endurance and you'll find some carryover to your weight training oh, yeah. to where you can work out harder, have shorter well, that's rest. what kills me all the time when we do these supersets and we do these, like you know, the, like these muscle endurance type uh, adaptations where I'm like, <laughs> I'm just used to picking up the weight like three, four times mm -hmm. and then like setting it down. Whereas, 
you know, I like conditioning and, and going through a little bit of cardio will help me to build up more endurance mm-hmm. to that process. I think the if you really want to do it for your health, really the best thing to do is monitor your daily meat, your daily steps, your daily movement. That's going to give you, when they do studies of uh, uh, places in the world where people live a long time, these are these are known as blue zones. These are areas of the world where a disproportionate percentage of their population lives to 100 years old or older, for example. And there's a few of them in the world. There's like Okinawa, Japan is one of them. The island of Sardinia is one of them. There's an island off the coast of Greece. There's the... Loma uh, Linda. Yeah, in Loma Linda, California, there's the the Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, I think I said that right. And what they found with their activity levels, were they weren't super crazy into working out. None of them were like these... It wasn't a culture of hardcore fitness, but it was a culture of movement. So, for example, in Sardinia, when they were studying the 95-year-old, you know, man that, you know, and what his daily activity consists of, every day he'd wake up and he'd walk a mile to, you know, to the shore and he'd get on his boat and he'd row himself out and he'd fish. And the fishing was somewhat vigorous. He'd use a net or whatever. And then he'd row back in, drag his fish in, he'd clean them, and then maybe later in the day he'd walk up the hill gather some berries. So every day there was some kind of activity. Same yeah. thing for Okinawa, same thing for pretty much all these other people. So the a good amount of cardio for health is just just be active every single day. And here's the other thing too, if you really like doing cardio, just go ahead and do it. Well, mm-hmm. this is what I tell people is okay, if your if your goal is that you want to do cardio because you 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 feel good, it makes you feel good, you want to be healthy and so you want to you want to strengthen your heart. I get that. And then you also have this, I want to build muscle, which is fine. If you're doing so much cardio that you can't build muscle, probably back off a little bit. But if you're doing lots of cardio and you enjoy it and you're still able to build muscle, you're not doing too much of it. You're okay. Mm-hmm. You're fine. So just that's kind of how I treat it. And, and there's going to be an individual variance for everybody. And also your caloric intake is going to make a difference. If you're somebody like myself who used to struggle with getting enough calories for my size to continue to build more size, I had to really limit the amount of cardio I was doing because I just couldn't keep up with the calories. It mm. made it really difficult. But if you have no problem consuming the amount of calories that you need and you're all also able to do cardio, you'll probably be able to build muscle just fine too. So yeah. each person's going to be different. It's interesting to think about when you bring up the example of, you know, the blue zones and, you know, like they're more active in general and that mm. may be various forms of activity, right? And this is something that's really, in my own personal experience, just understanding more that cardio doesn't have to be on a treadmill. It doesn't have to be just walking. It doesn't have to be just hiking. It could be a a whole variety of things and things that are very productive throughout my day and that provide purpose in my life. And I think that Mm. a lot of the correlations that you may see with, uh, you know, longevity is when you are always every day you have an activity you have you have a purpose you have something that is is driving you to get out of bed and to do things i think we just as human beings we need that you know my favorite form of cardio is is playing with my kids my daughter you know when when i'll pick her up from school and you know i'll tell her if you finish your homework quick then we'll have 45 minutes to roughhouse and she gets so excited she does her homework 
And I'll, you know, there's a couple things that we'll do. Like one of them is I'll put a blanket on the ground. She'll lay on the blanket and try and hang on while I pull around the house or I'll swing her around in it or she'll jump on my back and I'll act like a, you know, horse trying to get her off or we'll wrestle. I'll do the same thing with my son. The Santa sack. Oh, you saw me do that. that. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's just, you know, that's the kind of cardio that, that brings me purpose or some mornings I wake up early and if I don't have the kids, Jessica and I will go for a long walk with 35, 40 minute walk. And that's my cardio, but it's also very purposeful. And the good thing about cardio is it's pretty general. Like Justin said, you don't have to be specific with your programming unless you're training for a specific type of endurance. Um, resistance training, there needs to be much more specifics when it comes to, to, yeah. to programming. But cardio, just move and you're going to get the health benefits. Next question is Lawless Fitness. If someone had a bad posterior pelvic tilt, would a low bar squat be a bad idea? How often have you guys seen a really bad posterior, posterior yeah. pelvic? It's a little more so rare, right? Like I can count inverted. on one. I can count on one hand how many times I've seen it. Mm. It's really, really weird. I wonder if this person is like, the shitting dog kind of. Well, like, I'm wondering if this person is getting <laughs> it backwards. That's what I'm. Yeah, I think about. I think they probably got anterior. Well, why don't we tilt. address both? Yeah, let's yeah. address both. So let's say you have a bad posterior pelvic tilt. That's where, like Justin said. The shitting dog position where yeah, I don't see how that it's like your tail your tailbone tucks. So typically what that person may have really tight hamstrings and glutes that don't want to fire, um, and maybe some weakness in the in the muscles of the low back. Mm. What I found with this particular person is if they're able to retract their shoulders, if they're able to pull their shoulders back and actually have a bar on their back. Uh, box squats mm-hmm. is a really good way to get this to teach this person to get the right tilt with the squat. So I'll I'll put a bar on their back if they can do it, if they can hold the bar, and then I'll put a box behind them or a bench, and I'll have them focus on sitting back and sitting down while maintaining a little bit more of an anterior pelvic tilt. And I'll tell them I want you to I want your hamstrings and the bottom of your butt where your hamstrings meet your butt. That's the part I want to touch the bench or the box. Sit there for a second and stand up. And it tends to teach them to fire the the proper muscles or, or do the proper form for the squat. For an anterior pelvic tilt, uh, there's some different stuff. Really, it's about bracing the core mm-hmm. more than anything. I'd like Adam, what's your feet? Because you have the probably the worst anterior pelvic tilt among the three of us. Yeah, or the most common, I should say. Working your lower abs, right? Mm-hmm. Which is or working your abdominals, period. But doing movements that engage the lower abdominals, like lifting your legs up and then tilting the the pelvic the, the other direction, is what I love to do. Which would be like your back presses or doing like a reverse crunch. I think is a great way to prime before you go into it. And you're not doing it to fatigue, so you're not trying to blast the abs. You're just trying to get yourself to the point where you can activate Mm -hmm. that. Also doing the wall presses. So the wall presses, the back press, reverse crunches are all some of my favorite things to get that activated. Otherwise, if you go into that, you're already in an excessive arch. And then if you load that excessive arch, then at the bottom of that, you're going to feel a lot of yeah, stress. They have to really learn how to break. One of the best things I ever learned was, you know, I used to work with this physical therapist and she was really brilliant in some of the stuff that she would do. And she would, she would do with her clients when she would have them squat or do a movement, the ones that had a strong anterior tilt, which is, that's where your butt sticks out, is she'd poke them in the stomach. Mm-hmm. And they'd, uh, and she'd say, okay, I want you to brace yourself like I'm going to poke you in the stomach. So just by bracing the front side of their body, it would take some of that sheer force, shearing force off the lower back 
and it would help them kind of neutralize is, that position a little this bit. This is also where I see, you know, hip thrust a lot too. This would be a good place for hip thrust, somebody who has a hard time with that because that you're really isolating the glutes and trying to focus on them squeezing the glutes and having the pelvic come forward. So that's another place that I think I would I would mm-hmm. definitely introduce it. Just be you know, cautious that that person, their default is going to drive through their hip flexors. Mm-hmm. So you have to really teach them first, like the back press technique, yep. then to drive through the glutes before they do it. Now, a low bar squat by nature, what the low bar squat is doing is, so you have your, you put the bar on your back. I would think there's more risk as a high bar than a low bar. Yeah. I, it depends on your form. Because you're, 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 it's a longer forward. It's a longer lever. Up. Yeah, if you're still bending forward, right? If you're yeah, able right. to sit down in a nice squat, then you're okay. Like Olympic oh, lifters. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, if we're talking about any sort of a tilt, you know, posterior or anterior, a high bar, a high bar squat is mm-hmm. going to be more technical than a low yeah. bar squat because it's a longer lever. I feel right. like it requires more difficult mobility stuff for the average person. Like this is one of the reasons why I hate well, especially the shoulders. Yeah. yeah, this is why I, one of the reasons why I hate putting a bar pad or when people put a bar pad on the bar cuz it yeah. automatically brings the bar higher, lengthens the lever and then people don't t- typically don't have the mobility to just sit down into a yeah, nice squat. Pushes your head forward. And yeah. Then, yeah. You're in a bad position with that. Yeah, because when, when you go low bar, the reason why powerlifters tend to do that is it shortens the lever and allows them to use more of their hips. So mm-hmm. they can bend forward the weight isn't so high on their body, so there's less load being placed in that position on the hips and the low back, and they can squat more. But you know what ends up happening with a lot of people, and this may not be tr- you know true for the person asking the question, but you see a lot of powerlifters uh, who do a really low bar squat with a really wide stance because it maximizes leverage, and they then they start to push that position where it looks like a, it's like a modified good morning almost. Mm. And then they start to get back injury and back injury and back injury because they're just they're pushing leverage so much. We have a good friend that tends to do this quite a bit. So, you know, when it comes to the bar position, what I found for most clients is kind of in the middle. I don't think a low bar squat or a high bar squat tends to benefit most people. Yeah. No, you know, if anything, what I like about a a mid to a lower bar squat is it kind of helps retract people and get them with their chest up. That's how I I started with a lower to mid bar squat to get better at my squat first because what I definitely found when I was up when I was up high, my shoulders were, were rolled forward. I had a longer lever. It, it was I was more anterior focused for def- me. Right. And so doing the low bar or low to mid bar squat helped retract the shoulders and mm-hmm. and, and put and puff my chest up as I decelerated into the squat. So you know that uh, you know it just it's going to depend on the person what we're what we're talking about yeah, here. Who's one gonna- easy thing you can do, uh, and this is more general, but it's kind of an easy approach, is let's say you're doing a movement and you notice that you have your 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 hips are in the wrong position or you feel like your back is too arched or not arched enough. Use a very very light weight and then train the movement with the position that you want. So what I mean by that is rather than doing squats to challenge yourself to squat more weight and to work your legs out, what you're doing is you're using light weight and you're trying to squat with the right pelvic tilt, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. So you're not going to be challenging your legs much. No, you're challenging the technique. You're challenging the technique. And this goes back to stuff, something we've talked about in the past, which is train movements and perfect and practice your exercise rather than going to try to work out. Mm-hmm. Practice your exercise. So you're going in to practice your squat. And if this part of the squat that you're having issues with is your pelvic tilt, don't add any weight. That You're not in there to work out your legs right now. All you're trying to do is learn how to squat 
with the right pelvic tilt, which means you're going to be squatting with very light weight and you're going to have to brace your core and position yourself properly. And you're probably going to have to go slow and practice and practice and practice. And then over time, you'll be able to add weight to the bar and then start to challenge your legs. But initially, it's going to be all about practicing the movement to the point where you're not going to have an issue with your pelvic tilt while well, you're squatting. We, I, I know I did a video on this, at least one, if not two videos on our Mind Pump TV on YouTube is the, and this is what I love using the PVC pipe for, where you take that, the PVC pipe and you put it on the back mm. of somebody and you show them the three points of contact like behind the nodule. Yeah. There, there. So it vertically goes right down your spine. Yeah, right down their spine. So they should feel it touching at their head, their their upper back, and then their, their low back right by their hips. Those three points of contact, they should, right between your butt crack. they should be able to squat all the way down into a nice deep squat and not lose those three points of contact. And if they can't, then that's what they should keep practicing until they can before they even think about loading with any sort of a barbell on their back. Next question is from Sammy Juni. What is the endocannabinoid system? Mm, endocannabinoid system. Endocannabinoids. You know what's crazy about the endocannabinoid system? This is what I. This is such a cool story. We had no idea that it even. Yeah, existed. this is like a new thing. Well, we we had no idea that it existed, and the whole reason why we discovered it marijuana. Yeah, it was because scientists were trying to figure out why the fuck marijuana had this psychoactive effect on Thank us. Thank you, Mary Jane. Yeah. So scientists were like, what is it doing? We know it's attaching to some receptor, and it's it's mediating some kind of an effect because when you smoke marijuana, you get high, and you know there's a psychoactive effect. And so for years, they were trying to discover how this worked in the body, and through studying the cannabis plant, they discovered these receptors that the cannabinoids attach to. Now, endo, first of all, they named the system after the cannabis plant. Yeah. So it's your endo, endo meaning your own body, cannabinoid system after the cannabis plant. And what they found was actually quite uh, fascinating. So there's two receptors that we've identified in the body. There's a CB1 and CB2 receptor. And they are in a class of receptors known as G-protein-coupled receptors. These are receptors that are oftentimes targeted by pharmaceutical companies because these receptors tend to tell the inside of a cell what to do. So if we can target like an opiate receptor, which is a, another G-protein-coupled receptor, it'll have like these wide-ranging effects in the body. Well, what we end up finding is that the, the CB receptors from the cannabinoid system are the most, one of the most abundant in the whole body. It's found hmm. throughout the whole body. Now, it's very high concentrations in your nervous system, your brain, in your gut. Uh, it's very, very high concentrations in your bones. Um, it's pretty much everywhere uh, in the endocrine system, but the highest concentrations are like in the nervous system, the gut, and I believe in the uh, endocrine system. Now, so the, what else have they found affects this system? Well, they, they found, because once they figured this out, they found, they discovered the the natural cannabinoids that we produce. And I think there's two of them or three that they've identified. The most, the, the one that's most studies, studied is known as anandamide. And what they discovered through the system is that these are, uh, it's a, it's a system that helps regulate neurotransmitters and it works in retrograde, meaning most neurotransmitters move from a presynapse to a postsynapse. So there's like one direction. The cannabinoid system goes backwards. Hmm. And so that was kind of fascinating. So it's feedback. Yeah, it's like feedback and it's telling the body kind of what to do. We also discovered that because the system is throughout the whole body and because of the way it communicates, 
it's kind of a regulator. Hmm. It's a regulator of sorts. Um, so there's a few things that they've identified. It's, well, you normally you normally have a really good analogy for this, like your amp and speakers. Like if you were to give an analogy to somebody, because it's it's kind of tough to understand any of the body systems uh, without having sort of some sort of a well, physiology I'll, background. So what would you, let me how try. would you explain this in a in a in layman's terms? Like for all right, let me let me try to let me think of how I can explain. All right, imagine if you if you were operating a machine that needed all these different fuel systems, and so you're just pumping it full of these different fuels, but there was no feedback, so you weren't you didn't know what was too much or what was too little. So you'd have to kind of guess. It'd be very difficult. The only way you'd know was would it would be if you could get some kind of feedback. Like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, too much oxygen here. Right. You know, Your not enough gas here. Your pressure levels has gone up high. Yeah. yeah, so the cannabinoid system is that. It's like a feedback system. So it's like telling your body, hey, we need immune system ramping up. Hey, we need immune system to come down a little bit. Hey, we need to, you know, clamp down, you know, clamp down. It's, it's, it's active in the, in your body's ability to control cancer cells they're finding. It's a part of the inflammatory process of your body, meaning, and this is the cool thing about this. It is anti-inflammatory, but it's not anti-inflammatory in the same way, uh, NSAID drugs are, or anti-inflammatory like uh, cortisone shots are, where it's just kind of hammers down inflammation. The cannabinoid system regulates the inflammatory system so that it's appropriate. Yeah. So if you have too much inflammation because of something else, it'll help bring it down. But if you but it's not going to bring it down to a point where it's so, going to become detrimental. So this is also why we we get these claims of the the marijuana plant being good for everything, mm-hmm. right? It's better it's it's good for your skin, it's good for anxiety, it's good for gut, it's good it's good for all these things because this system is abundant in our entire body. And if it if it attaches to these receptors, mm-hmm. then that's why we can get away with saying that marijuana is good for all these different things because it's so. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's it affects so many different systems. And now there's a couple theories as to why people are ben- seeing benefits, medicinal benefits, wide ranging medicinal benefits, I should say, from using cannabinoids, which by the way include the non psychoactive varieties of cannabinoids like uh, CBD. Yeah, cannabidiol, yeah. which you can yeah. find in hemp. For mm-hmm. example, we work with a company, Ned, that produces uh, a product that gives you know full spectrum cannabinoids from hemp minus the psychoactive uh, cannabinoid THC. Now, THC has its own benefits, but it gets you high. Yeah. A lot of people don't like that. Plus, it's heavily regulated, so you can't just go take this in every state. Although oh, I like at, it. At some point, exactly. Yeah. At some point, it'll be that way. But what, there's some theories. They think that you know, when you, that maybe some disorders develop as a result of your own cannabinoid system becoming fatigued, if you will, Hmm. like your body's not producing enough of its own cannabinoids for whatever reason. And we're not quite sure why this is happening. It may be something similar to like when people are under too much stress over and over and over again, and their cortisol levels and their other hormones get out of whack. And so some, sometimes supplementing people with hormones makes them feel better. You're not necessarily figuring out the root cause, but at least you're solving a lot of the... Like if your thyroid production is low, it's important to figure out why your thyroid production is low. But meanwhile, you're going to need to take thyroid because yeah. having low thyroid is bad. It's bad for you, right? So uh, there's some theories as to why this may be happening. But we do know that having low production of cannabinoids, your own cannabinoids may result in things like fibromyalgia, autoimmune disorders. Uh, it may result in d- 
depression. It may result in more severe PMS symptoms, uh, dysregulated sleep. Uh, there's like a whole host of things. And so supplementing with cannabinoids from a, uh, a cannabinoid, a, a cannabis plant, which they call phytocannabinoids, may alleviate you know many of these symptoms. Irritable bowel syndrome and digestive disorders is a really big one. So there's a lot of theories as to why it, it benefits so many different ailments. I think, I think medicine, we're going to start to see some revolutions in medicine through uh, cannabinoid uh, type treatments. I think right. cancer is a big one. I think we're going to find autoimmune disorders. I have a, a family member who has Crohn's disease and the science and studies that are coming out with cannabinoids and how they affect Crohn's is actually starting to become quite fucking fascinating. And this is a disorder that Hmm. you go to a Western medicine doctor and their answer is to put you on low-dose chemo and to give you super potent anti-inflammatories to to handle the Hmm. symptoms. But those things have their own negative side effects on top of it. Do you think in conjunction with like um, concentrated pharmaceuticals with like something like cannabidiol, like some kind of like cannabis, you could actually like uh, prescribe a little bit lower dose in combination with there's them? some studies that show that when people use cannabinoids with opiates that they require far less mm. of a dose of opiates mm-hmm. and it's funny because it's a different way of uh helping you with pain they're not quite sure how it reduces pain for a lot of people because it's different it's not necessarily a painkiller but for sure, there's definitely an effect for a lot of people when they use cannabinoids that they just find that they have less less pain. It could be the systemic reduction in inflammation. It could be the way the body perceives pain. It could maybe increase your body's, how your body utilizes uh, its own uh, natural opiates or synthetic one that you may take. And so they're finding that cannabinoids are great adjuvant therapy alongside pharmaceuticals. Chemotherapy is a great example. Uh, Animal studies are showing that when they give animals high doses of cannabinoids in conjunction with chemotherapy, they need way less chemo and it kills way more cancer and Mm. it has way way less side effects. That's how I think it's going to be used. The way I think it's going to be used is we're going to find that it's going to work really well in combination with chemo for certain types of cancer. So now you're going to go to the doctor they're going to say you're stage one or stage two or whatever cancer. We're going to give you this dose of chemo, which is much lower than what we used to do, mm-hmm. along with this high dose of cannabinoids. And we're finding that to be you know more effective because chemo does kill cancer. The problem is it kills everything else right. on top of it. And so if you could find something that'll you know augment its effect and mitigate the, the side effects, uh, that's going to that's be a, a huge win. one. Yeah. Uh, CBD is fascinating for anxiety. That's where you're really starting to see it mm-hmm. start to kick ass is its enzyolytic effects. It's a really interesting, if you've never used CBD before, you don't like take it and feel it. It's like you take it and you're like, oh shit, I just took mm-hmm. CBD. But if you're anxious, you just notice like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of less I'm anxious. Okay. There's some studies that show that the cannabinoid, the endocannabinoid system also plays a role in your sociability which obviously would, would point to its enzyolytic effect. So I've seen, this is anecdote now, um, and I believe there was one study, if I'm not mistaken, but I've read plenty of anecdote where people who have general anxiety type disorder, where they social anxiety, mm-hmm. they'll take high doses of CBD and then they'll say, wow, I went to a party and I didn't feel as anxious and I could 
talk to more people and I felt better. The good thing about cannabinoids in particular is they're non-toxic, uh, they're non-toxic potential. Like, and this happens, by the way, this is the natural cannabinoids we've discovered. This is not the same with the synthetic, synthetic cannabinoids because scientists have actually created synthetic cannabinoids. Yeah, and they've created zombies. And you've got, <laughs> and you've got like these fucking gray market fuckers who are putting it in like fake weed to sell it because it's illegal in their state to buy cannabis yeah. and kids are smoking this shit. It was as good of an idea as bath salts. Yeah. And they're getting all these crazy effects, yeah. but, but these natural cannabinoids, the toxicity is so low that it's like the LD 50 LD 50 represents how much of a, of a, of a compound you would need to take to kill half of the people who took it. So like caffeine, for example, if you were trying to figure out a LD50 for it, uh, the I think I don't remember what the number is. I think it's 2,000 milligrams or, or 1,000 milligrams. Like if you give 1,000 milligrams of caffeine to 100 people, half of them would die. That's what the LD50 number is. With THC, which is psychoactive, they can't really come up with an LD50 because it would be, it's so impractical. It would be impossible to get. That's why they have these stupid edibles with like 1,000 milligrams. Of, that's why they can get away with it. <laughs> right. yeah. I wouldn't suggest it. You probably have a really bad time but you won't die. CBD, same thing, super non-toxic. Like, you know, an active amount might be between five to 50 milligrams, but they've done studies with 500 to 1,000 milligrams and, you know, there's no no negative, you know, side effects or toxic side effects. So that's another thing that's really exciting about it. But it's, an, it's a system in the body that's re- responsible for quite a few things. It's responsible for some, for brain development uh, in, in many cases. They're finding uh, high doses of natural cannabinoids in breast milk. Mm. So when you know when a, when a mother breastfeeds her baby, she's putting out a certain amount of I think anandamide is the one that's found in breast milk, and that's benefiting the baby. Doesn't this just piss you off? Yeah, because it's been here the whole time, and it's just because regulations and just because of hysteria that we're just figuring out. There's a whole system of the body that we need to study and explore. You know, it really made me mad years ago when I had the family member who had cancer because I would I started doing research trying to find, you know, a natural way she could help herself. And the one that was supported supported by the most science was were, were cannabinoids. And what really infuriated me was there was a study done in 1972 or 1974 by the government. And the study was to try to find a connection between marijuana and lung cancer. And that's what they went in with. The goal was... Yeah, we have to find it. Yeah, because there was this whole campaign to get people to not smoke weed, and they made it public enemy number one. And w- what they started to see with the study was no, no, if there was no cancer uh, connection in lung cancer with people smoking marijuana. And then they started to find a, a somewhat protective effect for head and neck cancers. Like they found that, wait a minute, there might be a correlation between cannabis smoke and slight reduced risk of cancer. And so then the government shut the study down and sealed it and didn't want anybody to see it. Um, and now we know it's because cannabinoids have this kind of anti-cancer you know, cancer effect and that, that was probably why. But it is infuriating. They also find that people who smoke weed and smoke cigarettes have lower rates of lung cancer than people who just smoke cigarettes. Right. Just because of the counter effects. It is. And it's funny, you know, um, we had all these fires recently in California and mm-hmm. shout out to everybody who's, who's affected by that. We, oh yeah. Super know, tragic. Yeah. You know, I, I, we, we hope you, 
we wish you all the best. It's terrible, terrible, big, biggest fires in California history. But the air quality has been terrible outside. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Jessica, you know, what we should probably do to protect ourselves from the, the, the pollution that we're breathing in. Smoke some weed. It's to vape. Well, vaping is better because it's <laughs> less of the tar and shit. It's to vape cannabis because of its anti-cancer effects in the lungs. I mean, how funny is that, right? Uh, yeah. Pretty but, much my answer for everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. That's oh, why you're so pretty. healthy, Adam. Yeah, smoke some weed. Yeah, yeah. is that funny? He's the healthiest. Rub yeah. some tussin on it. Yeah. <laughs> Put some tussin That's on hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, look, check this out. If you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can download any of our free fitness guides. There's like 12 of them up there. Many of them, you know, a few pages long. Lots of good information. Totally free. Uh, also, I want to remind everybody that Adam, Justin, and myself have Instagram pages with our own information, different stuff that you may get from the podcast. So if you go on Instagram, you can find us. It's real easy. Just put Mind Pump and then our name. So it's Mind Pump Adam or Mind Pump Justin or Mind Pump Sal. And Doug, Doug even has a page, Mind Pump Doug. Come find us, check us out, ask us questions, follow us. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.